Operator, patch me into the Columbus Police Department. I mean, God, where do you start? I guess the beginning, right? Coming, coming, hold one second. Oh, it's you. I thought we had more time. The year was 1931, in betwixt the states of Alabama and Georgia. There rests a hotsy-totsy little river town by the name of Columbus, notorious for two crimes. The mysterious murder and disappearance of renowned local socialite Dr. Arthur Bowman, and that cursed Dinglewood scramble dog that damned us all. But tonight's show isn't about scramble dogs, no. It's about scrambled brains. Well, we don't actually know that, sir. You keep alluding to No, that. no, I just mean, you know, it's simply what I would do if I, uh, if I did it. You know, not that I, not that I did it. I mean, it's saying if I had to bump off a guy, I'd, you know, shoot him. <clears throat> I'd, uh, you know, well, you're not recording, right? Well, I mean, you're, you're watching me use the hand crank right now. So, ah, well, horse feathers. Hmm. Well, we'll just have to cut that out. Right. Well, the year was 1931. I had already cracked a couple cases. Sure, but if I could solve Arthur's murder, I'd be a bona fide sleuth. After tripping for biscuits for a couple hours down by the river, I made it out of some loon that... Arthur used to always hang around some gin mill uptown. I think the Joe. Get up and go get a cup of some giggle juice and some answers. But by the time I got to the joint, there was no one in there but some sad-looking fink down on his luck. So I did what any self-respecting young sleuth-slash-pioneer podcaster would do and... I sat down with the man one-on-one. -on -one. So, go ahead and just say your name and tell us a little bit about what happened. Jonathan Downby. Me and Arthur, we was farm boys growing up, just outside of Buena Vista. We was actually, well, we was bootleggers. We went from a couple of grease balls to being the proprietors of the most bumping juice joint this side of the Mason-Dixon. Until one day, I go to open the joint and ain't nothing in the damn place but ash and a note. Dear Jonathan, I have grown weary of these long Georgia nights. I'm moving to the Big Apple. I have betrayed you and stabbed your back. Best of luck, Arthur Bowman. P.S., Drop the the, Coca-Cola sounds good enough. And then he kind of just rambles on for several pages about Houdini and a tiered voting system. Hmm, stabbed in the back, you say? Moving to the Big Apple. College is turning all our kids liberal. I almost feel bad for the poor sap. But let this be a lesson, kiddos. Alcohol is a sin, and God will punish you. Anyway, I was thinking to myself, 
The Big Apple. Well, what if I took my Big Apple to New York City? Maybe there I'd catch a trail. I took one of those new fangled airliner planes. Sure, the travel was all right, but what about that airline food? Am I right? Also, the first person to do that. First person to make that joke, by the way. <laughs> Once I reached the city, I boarded the subway, asking every single cat I saw hanging around if they knew anything about Arthur Bowman. I was a young green gumshoe, taking any case I could at the time. I was tired of tailing reefer junkies and fussy dames. I woke up one morning to find a package with 50 bucks, a Tommy gun, and a bottle of hooch with a note attached. Read as follows. Please don't let him get away with it. And then a picture of Arthur Bowman getting all close and personal with my wife was glued on the back. I thought it was a jape for sure, and I ain't no crumb, so I wasn't going to get grifted. The more I looked at the picture, the more it gave me the heebie-jeebies. So I downed the booze and bumbled my way out the door, looking for clues or a put-down. Stumbled into a gin joint. After talking to about five other private detectives, I gathered the scoop. Turns out we were all looking for the same son of a bitch. Word was he was spending time with his keen little Jane, goes by the name Marjorie. Apparently she's a southern belle. Okay, I says maybe I pay this Marjorie a little visit. Turns out this ain't no duck soup. Miss Marjorie skipped town and made out on the lamb somewhere in the south. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's episode was brought to you in part by RC Cola. RC Cola, there'll never be a brand as big as us. Coming this Sunday, 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 the Dust Bowl. We don't have water. We don't have food. We don't have shelter. We just have dust. Call now to reserve your ticket. <laughs> wow. Why would anyone want a ticket for that? You and your sweetie looking for a new thrill? Well, why don't you come try skydiving? That's right, skydiving. Just jumping out of a plane. We literally just invented it. <laughs> skydiving is very dangerous. Please do not skydive if you are pregnant, thinking of becoming pregnant, or unable to operate heavy machine. Serious accidents may occur. Skydiving. <laughs> so it seemed I was gonna go have to find this Southern Bell. Well, I wasn't gonna complain about that. Except for the heat. I hate the heat. And snakes. But that story's for a different time. I made my way down south, of course. Horseback. Of course. Uh, and after the... 128-hour ordeal, I made my way, finally, a couple states down south, and what could you say, I found myself this Marjorie. She was quite the dame, and I had quite the time. We were partners in crime, writing bad checks, bootlegging, petty bank robbery, anything to stay afloat. I was singing at a club one night in the Lower East Side, Danny Doodle's Dance Club. This man walks up to me and says, you got the goods, girl. I want to make you a star. I told him to get in line then, Buster. We bumped gums for a while. The next thing I knew, I was madly in love with him. Well, there you go. That woman's in hysterics. 
she just basically admitted to killing him pretty much. I mean, I think it's a shut case. It's, all, it's the woman. It was right in front of us the whole time. Whew. Yeah, so that's good. Good. Solved it. Next. Well, sir, you didn't, you didn't really... We didn't really solve. What do you mean? You didn't really solve the case. Well, no, I'm just saying. You know, I mean, heck, I wouldn't be surprised if we went to the scene of the crime, went to the backyard, probably buried body. She probably buried his body there. I'm just saying, I wouldn't be surprised if we found a buried body in his backyard with a bullet wound to his face, based off what her 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 uh, her testimony practically. It was a testimony. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, you know, audience, I hope you enjoyed it. It's sort of like a uh, a, a true-to-life a true Agatha Christie novel, if you would. You know, I mean, was, Ag was she... Was, were those nice in the 30s? I don't even know. Well, all right. So that's the end of that podcast. Time for me to just lazily get up and walk to the bathroom... All right. Okay. <sighs> is this is this the bathroom? Ah, yes. You're right. This is the bathroom. <clears throat> there it is. You're caught. Kill them. You did, and then admitting it now again in the bathroom, peeing by yourself. <laughs> what have I done? This podcast is a 100% work of fiction. Any names specifically mentioned in the podcast are all fictional. The music used in this podcast was created by Kevin McLeod. I was singing at a club one night in the Lower East Side. Danny Doodle's nightclub. <laughs> that, that was, that was that so was... good. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Doodle. You can take it. You can take it from there. You can, you can go over that. Okay.